It's good to be here tonight. Yes, it is. Good to be here seeing all the people here at Water Street Fellowship and yeah. want to say welcome and greetings to everyone who's watching on live stream. Amen. Yes. And the purpose is to glorify God with what we say and to edify the saints. And my message is on the, the role of the Word of God in spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. And in the book of First uh, Peter, we have uh, probably Jesus' closest friend while he was here on this earth. He spent probably more time with Peter than any other person. He had his 12 disciples who followed him everywhere, but he had three, Peter, James, and John, but he spent probably, he was probably the closest with Peter. And so this is Peter writing to people who had probably been very devout in their faith following the uh, scriptures, the covenant of Moses. But then they hear that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of all these things. And so now they turn to faith in Christ and uh, they're born again. In uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, he's talking to the people. They've been elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. He talks about how they have been begotten again. He, according to his abundant mercy, hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. He's all these blessings that are for those people who have been born again. We're looking forward to receiving the end of our faith, which is the salvation of our souls. The prophets spoke about this, and they inquired, they wanted to know about this, and well, we have it has come to us. The prophets didn't even know about some of this. We have the... Uh, he, he told them that they've been redeemed, not with corruptible things, but with the precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And then he says, verse 22, seeing that you have purified your heart, your, your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. So we don't have a we weren't redeemed with corruptible things, but by the precious blood of Christ. And now we're born again. Yes. It's not corrupted. It's incorruptible. Yes. The word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And he continues on in verse, chapter 2, verse 2. Mm-hmm. Wherefore, laying aside all malice, all guile, and hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Mm-hmm. So they were, he's writing to people who are brand new Christians. They had just been born again, just been begotten again. And so he's, uh, that's the text I want to talk about. Yeah. Now, you might ask, where did uh, the newborn babe come from? And I'll take a brief excursion through this uh, really briefly. But I want to anchor all this back in the Word of God. When God created the world, he created everything perfect. And he put Adam and Eve in the garden, and they were created perfect. Mm-hmm. And so you can 
I just want to remind you that sin entered the world, and because of that, uh, Adam sinned, yes. and sin entered the world, and everyone who was born from his lineage, that's everybody in the world who has ever lived, yes. is a descendant of Adam. They've been corrupted. And the scripture talks about the, the natural man. Yeah. That's a, the, our, speaking of everyone, mm -hmm. our nature has been corrupted. Yes. It was perfect, but now it's full of sin. There's sin in me. I'll never be able to get rid of that. Yes. It's, my, my nature is sinful. I can't get rid of that. But when a person turns to faith in Christ, they're put into Christ. It's a new man, yes. and it starts as a newborn baby. Yeah. And the, the uh, scriptures talk about, well, in uh, the beginning, Adam and Eve. It says Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bare a son. And there's that principle: that the two, speaking of the flesh, the two become one, and there's a conception that happens. Now we're not talking about physical things; we're talking about spiritual things now. My spirit and God's spirit join, yeah. and there is a conception. And that's that's the, the new person that's inside me. Yes. Inside you, if you're a believer in Christ, you're a new person. That's right. You start as a baby. You don't start as a full-grown believer in Christ. And this word that's used here is a baby, is like an infant, a mm -hmm. helpless young child. In Acts 7, 19, Stephen's preaching... And he talks about how Pharaoh cast all the young children into the river. Yes. He, he uh, evil entreated our fathers so that they cast out their young children to the end that they might not live. We're talking infanticide. you got little babies that are thrown in the river. The same word is used when uh, John the Baptist was in his mother's womb and she went to visit, uh, Elizabeth went to visit, visit Mary. And there's Jesus. He's not born yet. He's just uh, uh, in his mother's womb. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, yeah. and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes. And that's in Luke chapter 1, verse 41 and 44. And then when Jesus was born, remember the angels announced to the shepherds? And they gave him a sign, Luke chapter 2, verse 12. This shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So he's a newborn infant. Mm -hmm. Also, verse 16, the shepherds came with great haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. So this could be talked about, actually an unborn baby would be, this word is used for that, like John the Baptist. He wasn't born yet when they used this word for him. Or one that's brand new, just newly born. When Jesus touched the little children, they brought them to him. Yes. They brought into him infants that he would touch them. But his disciples saw it and and they rebuked them. This is in Luke chapter 18. And this is a very important passage. The disciples saw that Jesus was touching the little babies. Verse 16, Jesus called them unto him and said, Suffer little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Amen. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. Mm -hmm. So you have to become a little child to enter the kingdom of God. Now we're not talking physically, we're talking spiritually. Yes, you have to become a little child. Now how is this possible? I'm not going to go into great detail about it, but in the scriptures are clear 
that there has to be a new birth that happens. It's a spiritual new birth that happens. In John chapter 3, you can read in the first five or six verses about Nicodemus and Jesus, what he told him, you must be born again. Yes. You must be born of the water and of the Spirit. Amen. You must be begotten again. You were born from above. This is what this is talking about. It's something new that happens. So in my, in my flesh, there is no good thing. My nature is sinful and corrupt and not pleasing to God, enmity with God. I can't serve him, and I, uh, left to myself, I would hate God. But he's made it. So now there's a new creature mm -hmm. in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Yes. We're a new creature. Yes, he started as a little baby. Yeah. And that little baby is put, spiritually, is put inside you. So now you have... The old nature, which is corrupt and hates God, mm -hmm. and the new nature, which desires God and loves God. And there is a battle inside. Amen. And every Christian experiences this and knows this, but most have never even heard of this. And so they become a Christian. They turn to faith in Christ, and then they find out, wow, this is so much harder than I thought it was. Because now the flesh rises up, and tries to overpower them. And that's what will happen. The, the newborn baby has to have the milk of the word to grow. Yes, we have, uh, it says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Now we're just talking about brand new baby Christians. Now in this congregation, in the last couple of years, there have been a number of brand new baby Christians. Yes. So this is talking to those. Now there's people who've been uh, Christians for a long time. Mm -hmm. Well, you grow up mm -hmm. into Christ in all things. Now, if, there's, if you don't grow up, now that's a problem. And we're not talking, but I'll just point out, there was things that Paul wanted to tell people, but he couldn't because they were still like little newborn babies. Yeah. And what is a newborn baby? They're helpless. They can't take care of themselves. They can't right. think for themselves. They can't yeah. change their own diaper. They can't get the milk. You know, if you don't take care of the newborn baby, they'll die. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And it is never in the scriptures, spiritually speaking, that a newborn baby should just, that's not the intent, that they should just wither away and die. There's a responsibility for people who are growing up in the faith. Yes. To help these little Yes. Brand new baby Christians. That's right, that's right. Over and over again, the term is used to feed the flock of God. Uh -huh. If if you're right. grown up in Christ and you see somebody who is just a, who is brand new baby Christian, or maybe just uh, maybe they're, grown, they're not a newborn baby, but they're a little child in Christ. Mm -hmm. Well, our responsibility is to help them. Yeah. And I can think of probably. Think if you had a brand new baby, and in their bottle, you put a little bit of poison. Or instead of giving them milk, you just put sugar water in there. Well, they don't know any better. They're going to drink it. And if you put poison in there, they'll die. So you, they don't know. And that would be considered abuse if someone did that. What, how many baby Christians have been poisoned by... The tradition of men, or corrupt scriptures, or 
This is a problem. Amen. Paul speaks about those who he wanted to speak things to them. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, they're also called babes, babes in Christ. But in this case, this is not a good thing. This is a derogatory term towards people who should already be grown up in Christ. Yeah, but they can't, they can't hear what he has to say to them. They're not able to. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3. I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as to babes in Christ. Now you start as a babe, but you don't stay there. He says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither now yet are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? In this case, he's talking as like the natural man, walking as men, just fighting and envying division. He's expected that they should already be past this. And he wants to tell them things that they can't receive. In uh, Hebrews chapter 5, it also talks about this condition, which is actually unacceptable, but it's probably quite common. Hebrews chapter 5. He has several chapters talking about Melchizedek, Uh and he wants to tell them more, but he... He says in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, talking about Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing as ye are dull of hearing. For when the time, when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. This is not a complimentary term when he's talking. He's, he's pointing out there's a problem here. Yes. He says, Strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So a newborn baby, they don't have their senses exercised to know what's right and wrong. They can't handle the strong meat, but the expectation is they'll, as they're taught, they're fed, they will grow, and they'll be able to handle more difficult things. They'll be able to handle the doctrine. But here he's talking about they're dull of hearing. This is not a good thing. Now, in the text in First Peter, we're talking about they're just little newborn Christians that need people to take care of them. But one thing a baby knows is it wants milk. And when does it want the milk? It wants the milk right now. It's not going to put up with, you know, it's not going to put up with not having the milk. And it'll let you know when it needs milk. But uh, this is an intense desire, a craving. Yeah. uh, uh, Intense yearning. Yes, amen. This in a, in a good way, a, a lust for milk. I mean, the baby has to have milk to survive, and he wants it right now. Yes. When a person becomes a newborn Christian, they're, they've been changed. Now they have a hunger and thirst for righteousness, Amen. and you've got to feed that 
desire so that it grows. Yes, amen. If that's stifled, they won't grow, and that's a condition in many different places. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul writes about Epaphroditus. Verse 25, he says, uh, I suppose it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion to labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministereth to my wants, for he longeth after you all and was full of heaviness because you had heard that he had been sick. This verse is used over and over. This word is used over over again. In Romans 1, verse 11, Paul says he longs to see the saints in Rome. He wants to give them a spiritual gift and establish them in the faith. In 2 Corinthians 5, 2, I don't know about you, but, but it says, We groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house from heaven. This body is wearing out and decaying. And I have to struggle with my sin nature all the time. I wait. I can't wait to be clothed, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with my house from heaven. In uh, Philippians chapter one verse eight, Paul says he has a great desire for the Philippians. How greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ, that their love may abound more and more. In 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 6, Timothy brought good tidings about the faith of those people in Thessalonica. They still remembered Paul, and they greatly desired to see him. So this is the same thing a baby earnestly desires. They really want the milk. But what kind of milk do they want? They don't want just any milk. What if you mix some salmonella in there or some arsenic. They don't want that kind of milk. They want the pure milk. Now this word here is used uh, sincere. It's kind of like if if you're a beekeeper and you have bees and you collect the honey, well, you get honey with the wax. So this is, you separate the wax out from the honey so you have pure honey and of course, you buy honey in the store with the honeycomb in it. But if you're talking about honey that doesn't have any wax, this is a sincere, this is the word used for that. It's uncorrupted. Amen. And you notice in First Peter chapter 2, verse 1, it says, putting aside, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. Now, this is milk that doesn't have any hypocrisy, milk that doesn't have any guile. This is milk that is not been tampered with. It's unmixed. It's pure. It's real milk. And it's, the word of God is spiritual milk. There is no mixture of error in there. Now, we're expected... As a newborn baby, you want milk, but the Word of God is also meat, strong meat. For those who grow up, now you have the meat of the Word. The milk, I still desire the milk of the Word, but if I had a, a diet of only milk, of uh, I would starve to death as a grown-up person. I mean, in the physical world, if you, if you only had milk to eat, 
And that's all? I suppose you could survive, but you probably wouldn't survive very well. But uh, same with the, in, in the spiritual world. A, a baby, they, that's what they survive on. That's what they need. But then they grow up, and then they have milk and the meat. The, the real purpose, the only purpose of the milk is to nourish the newborn Christian. I mean, uh, you have, uh, I guess I didn't say that quite right, but <laughs> that's the, the purpose. It's not the only purpose of the, of the Word of God. But you, you find out that there are people who have ulterior motives. They're hidden motives for whatever it is, and they want to give imitation milk. You know, adding things to it, or changing it, or trying to explain away things. Now, in Second uh, Corinthians two, seventeen, Paul writes that there was a condition already in the churches that the people were corrupting the word of God. Second yes. Corinthians two, seventeen, Paul says, "We are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, as of God, in the sight of God, speak we Christ." And in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 2, we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So people who have grown up in Christ, our responsibility is to handle the word of God correctly and not corrupt it. There's people who depend on us to feed them. And if we feed them uh, poisoned milk, it is going to really hurt the newborn baby Christians. Who, they won't grow. Mm-hmm. It says they're going to grow up. Remember the uh, <coughs> parable of the mustard seed? Yeah. In Matthew chapter 13. It's just a little seed and you throw it in the ground mm-hmm. and then it grows up and it becomes a tree. That's right. When it has grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree. When it is grown, that's what's expected of a newborn Christian. They grow in Christ. You have the parable of the four soils in Mark chapter 4, verse 8. The seed is on the good ground, yields fruit, and sprang up and increased. There's many places where it talks about the Word of God increasing. We read about John the Baptist, Luke 180. He grew. I mean, this is speaking of the physical world. In Luke 2.40, Jesus grew. We have the... But this word is used over and over again. There's a change that's happening. You don't remain the same as you are. In fact, I would say if, if you're not growing, you're going backwards and decreasing. Over and over, the Scripture talks about us growing. Ephesians 2.21, speaking of the body of Christ... All the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. We're we're increasing in faith, increasing in the knowledge of God, increasing with the increase of God. And in 2 Peter 3.18 it says, Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I will point out that growing in knowledge doesn't necessarily mean you're 
growing in praise. I mean, you can cram all kinds of information in your head and think you're growing, but it, knowledge in and of itself doesn't mean you're growing up. You just put a lot of information in, in there, and if it doesn't affect you, if it doesn't change you, it, it, it's just knowledge. We're supposed to grow in grace and in the knowledge. So the, the Word of God is the means by which baby Christians grow. There's no other way for them to grow. I mean, you can't substitute anything for that. In the uh, parable of the four soils, the Word of God is the seed that's sown. But the same seed that is planted, that's what you need to feed the baby Christian. And the adult Christian, you need the Word of God. You know, you can't live without the Word of God. When Jesus was tempted by Satan, he used the Word of God to combat the temptation. That's the same thing we do. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The Word of God is what produces fruit in a believer. The Word of God is what produces faith in Romans 10, verse 17. This is the means. The Word of God is the means by which we get faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You get more faith when you hear the Word of God. The Word of God is our sword, the sword of the Spirit. And the, the Word of God, we already pointed out in First Peter 1.23, that's how we're born again. And it's among our armor that we use to combat Satan, the, taking the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It is necessary to our spiritual growth. Yes. I'm not a newborn baby anymore, but I sure haven't arrived. Paul, as an apostle, towards the end of his life, said he had not yet arrived. He was still pressing on towards perfection. But the only thing that's going to make me grow is a lot of the Word of God and believing it. The Holy Spirit can activate that. Now, you know, the, the milk of the Word... That's the only thing that's going to satisfy a baby. If you substitute anything else for it, they're not going to receive that. I mean, they, will, they might receive it, but it won't help them to grow. This is a, you know, the, there's a spiritual need that everyone has. Mm-hmm. The Word of God is the only thing that can satisfy that. If, if you have... Uh, Christ in your life he will satisfy that need that you have the the hunger and thirst for righteousness he will satisfy you Mm -hmm. and you can't find satisfaction apart from the word of God this is a food that we live on there's uh, some keys I'd like to point out towards spiritual growth and where you have a two side by side, you have the old nature, which is corrupt and sinful, and you have the new nature, which is righteous and holy and desires to serve God. So if you're going to survive in an environment where you got the sinful nature wants to kill out the old man, kill out the new man so it won't grow, 
The only way to do that is to starve the old man. So I want to point out that the, what it is that feeds the new man is what will starve the old man. So if you're feeding on the word of God, the flesh cannot survive on that. And it will starve. Now it's a, you, you kill the flesh, it'll take a long time. So you, you may uh, give yourself to uh, music or you can, there's a lot of very good books. You, but if you're reading Shakespeare and that's what you live on, you're not going to grow spiritually. That might feed the flesh. There's a lot of beautiful music. People give themselves to pursuing music or art or great literature or knowledge. But this, that only feeds the flesh. It doesn't feed the spiritual man. The Word of God is what feeds the spiritual man. And the same f- food, the Word of God, will starve out the old man. If uh, you have to take the, the flesh and subdue it, bring it under control, because if you don't, it will try to control you. And things that would be, uh, now, suppose you're not a newborn baby in Christ anymore. You've grown up. The, the little children, it says in First John, they're the ones that know that they have forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you've got the young men, they're, they're growing, and it says, uh, John says, I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. So you've got some strength and power going. Yeah. And the old man, he says, I write to you because you've known him that is from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So there's expectation. The newborn baby grows until the perfection, until they reach the full age. Amen. But at any age, now what happens if you let your guard down and you decide, well, I've overcome the flesh, so I don't have to worry about that anymore. And it may not be anything really, it doesn't seem to you that important, but you, you indulge the flesh. Whoa, the flesh wakes up. And now it will end up being worse because now you gave in to the flesh and the flesh has been subdued for so long and then it, now you, it wants to be fed again because you've been starving out the flesh. Well, now you feed the flesh and it's going to grow. So there's, at any age, there's a danger in allowing the flesh to take control of your life again. Amen. It says in Colossians 3, 5, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. First Corinthians 9, 25. Mm-hmm. Every man that striveth for mastery is temperate yeah. in all things. Verse 27, I keep under my body. Yeah. I force my body to obey. Amen. Yeah. I bring it into subjection. Yeah. Now, this is Paul, mm-hmm. lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself might be a castaway. Now, consider that. If you let your flesh, if you feed the flesh, yeah. and it takes control of your life, Paul said you could end up being a castaway. If you take your body and make it the servant of righteousness. Mm-hmm. Now, people will say, you would give your life to Christ. Okay? But everything we have, <laughs> we only have life, physical life, because of God anyway. In Him we live and move and have our being. He said, Paul said that to non believers. 
Okay, so yes, we should give our life to Christ. But I'm suggesting, instead of just giving your life, give your body to Christ. Make your body obey. Make your body a servant of righteousness. The, the Word of God will tell you how to do that. So when you're a little baby, you need the Word of God. As you grow up, you need the Word of God. That's the only way that you can grow. You can't feed on anything else and grow. Amen. It's spiritual nourishment. Amos 8.11 Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of God. So if you're a, a mature Christian, you've grown up in Christ. Mm-hmm. At whatever stage you are, a little child, you know, I mean, you're not a newborn baby anymore, but mm-hmm. you're a, one of the young men or one of the, those of full age. Mm-hmm. Our responsibility is to look out for the little ones, to make sure they're feeding on the right stuff, right. to nurture them, to nourish them with sound doctrine and good words. So that's my exhortation to you today, mm-hmm. to feed on the Word of God Amen. and let it yes. grow you up in Christ. Amen.